With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Six points out of six over the festive period and back-to-back hat-tricks for Harry Kane ensured it was a very Merry Christmas. As we signed off 2017 in style, as we have the last word on Spurs. And Defoe all the way to RVB, Danny Chidwell. Danny Rose on his Premier League debut. And it's Gareth Bale's night once again. Stoppage time. Alan Nielsen has scored. And the ball finds the net. Lift off for Tottenham Hotspur. Crouch has scored for Spurs. It's Clinton for Tottenham. He's got it. He is the king of North London. Tottenham lead in Milan. Lennon. Schoolboy's own stuff. Ericsson, 3 0. The European champions have been taken apart at Wembley. King goes for it. Oh, what a goal from Harry Kane. Billy Alley is the talk of the town for Tottenham Hotspur. The ball got the touch and scores. He saved it. Woodgate. And still Ricky Villa. What a fantastic run. He scored. Amazing goal. Hello guys and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. You can follow the show across a variety of different platforms. We're on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. You can also find us on Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram. On this bumper of a show, we'll be taking a look back at the win against Burnley. We'll be taking a host of questions for tonight's panel, including also the blistering win against Southampton at Wembley. So let's introduce the guys talking us through the Christmas break We've got John Mannings on the show. John, how are you? All good, mate. Looking forward to talking about six points and uh, eight lovely Spurs goals. Yes, got a lot to get through, John. We'll try and get over the line. We've got Ian Gunn back on the show. Ian, how are you? Very well, Rick. Thanks for inviting me back on over this festive period. Pleasure, as always, Ian. Pleasure. And finally, last but not least, we've got Jason McGovern bringing more of the Christmas cheer. Jace, how are you? Not bad, mate. Buzzing after that Christmas and, and a bit of more normality return to the, the Spurs fan base after all the nonsense before Christmas. 
Well, I'll tell you what, Jace, let's start with you. Let's go back to the Burnley game. So it was the perfect reaction from Spurs after that Man City loss. Spurs being the first visiting team to score more than one goal at Turf Moor in the Premier League this season. And only the second team to beat them there. What did you make of the performance against Burnley? Well, it was a, it was a, seemed a real stroll, didn't it? I think we were, we were all expecting a really tough game up there. I'm sure them losing Tarkovsky had a had an impact on them, but you know we were expecting it to be a really tight game and and really three 0 completely flattered them. We, we had chances to make it a lot more than than just the three goals, and and probably the one fear watching the game was that we missed so many chances that you you kind of felt that would come back to haunt us. But once Harry got that second goal, then there was never a threat from Burnley, and it was ended up being a really really comfortable. And, and fully deserved win and uh, it was important and it ended that myth that we don't go away to teams in the top six and win as well and that, that's what pleased me most more than anything yeah well you're you literally take the words out of my mouth because I've got to bring it around John John who says we don't beat the top six away from home eh? <laughs> very true yeah uh, I think that that stat is, is one that it annoys me a little bit because it, no team's got a good no, record against the top six away mm. I think it's just another stick to beat Tottenham with, I'm afraid. You know, we've seen it with uh, all the the stuff about uh, the amount of goals that Harry Kane has scored. And every time something gets tweeted, it's, oh, but how many trophies has he won? And it's like people are it's running out of nonsense to say. All the saltiness that I've seen about <laughs> Harry Kane and about Tottenham in the last week has been, it's been quite funny, really. It's typical, isn't it? The way Kane is playing, people trying to find a fault with him. I mean, there's not there's not many left that can criticise him because he's literally blown away so many people that doubted him in the past. And I think now the position he's in, I mean, he's he's put himself in Tottenham folklore, that's for sure, the way he's going. Ian, bringing it round to you, I mean, it was the perfect weekend for Spurs, wasn't it, in general? Because we had Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea all dropping points. And it was all about us seeing if we could capitalise on those drop points and get the win up Burnley, which we managed to do. Yeah, and I, and I go back to one of the previous podcasts where I think Jason said he was far more worried about the, the Burnley away game mm. than he was the City away game. And I must admit, I went up there on you know to, just before Christmas, and I and I was a bit worried about the game to be honest. But um, the way that we played and the way that we dominated the the the, the, the game from 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 almost start to finish uh, in, in quite a, in, in what can be quite a hostile atmosphere. Uh, was was nothing short of miraculous, you know, and I, and I thought that um, the really, really professional performance in the team, uh, a very difficult place to go. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Jase, I think before kickoff, you said it's a tough place to go. Tough teams do still go there and win, but when the tough gets going, the tough get going, and we have to prove critics wrong, and we did. I mean, it was a great performance, great win. Um, what did you make of the team, Jace? Because we had Sanchez return to the starting lineup following suspension. We had Deli Ali back, preferred to Lamella in midfield, while Sosoko came in for Rose, who dropped to the bench. Oreo was also recalled in the place of Trippier. No Harry Winks in the squad due to a minor ankle problem against Burnley. Was you happy with the team that Potch selected for that one? Yeah, I was. I think you know the, the only um, the only question mark with Sanchez coming back is will we keep it as a as a back three or will we go back to uh, to playing four two three one and push Dyer into midfield, which which I, I was hoping that we would do, and that's exactly what we did, uh, and it meant that for me it gave us that perfect balance. It meant that we had a right footer in the right side of the centre, we had a left footer in the left centred back position, we had two wing backs or two two full backs happy to go forward. Dyer gave us that base in midfield. And it enabled us to get Son, Ali and Ericsson all in the team, all behind Keane, where I think the three of them play best. 
I know we've seen Ali play deeper this year. We've seen Ericsson play deeper. But for me, all three of them operate much better when they're when they're in the advanced position and they can they have that flexibility to move in amongst the, the three of them. You know, we saw Ali a lot of the time close to Son on the left. Then you suddenly see one of them pop up on the right-hand side. And I think that just makes us a little bit more fluid. And for me, I still like to see us play 4-2-3-1 with M3 really fluid than I do the, the wing-back system. Uh, and it, it, for me, like I say, it gets our best players in their best positions where they're, they're most productive. And, and that the key, was the key for me. John, coming around to you... The, the penalty to give Tottenham the lead. Now, people outside of Spurs seem to be of the um, of the mindset that Ali made the most of that. But for me, it was superb movement from him in order to draw the foul from the Burnley defender. I mean, can they see something we can't, John? Because for me, it was a blatant penalty. Or is he making the most of it, in your opinion? I think. Uh, do you know what it is? I can see. I can see why people would say, "Oh, it's soft." But what it is is exactly what you said just then. Mm. He's made the, the, the defender make a decision. And it proved to be the wrong one. If, as soon as the defender sticks his leg out like that, the ball's gone past him already. Any contact, I believe, the player is within his rights to go down. Now, you know, you, you, can, you can see that. If, if, De- if Deli Ali stays on his feet, for example, then it's, it's a goal kick. And we don't get a penalty, but the world's still in love with Deli Ali. <laughs> all that he'd done was manage to piss off everyone that doesn't support Spurs. That's all it managed to do, and I'm quite happy for that to happen, to tell you the truth. You know, yeah. for me, yes, it was a penalty. There was contact, he went down, it was a penalty. The referee give it, and let's be honest, you know, he got booked after three minutes, Deli, and I, I really don't think he would have dived, you know, because then he's risking the second yellow card, and, he's get, he's, and then he's off after 20 minutes. So, you know, that... that Shows to me that Delhi's convinced it's a penalty, and I, I think it was. I, I, you know, like I said a minute ago, everyone's getting so salty about Spurs because we're back on form and we're, <laughs> you know, we're, we're banging loads of goals in again and, and looking good. And Delhi Alley's been a big part the last two games of why we've won them. And yeah, yeah it's, it's a penalty all day long. Yes, I'm gonna come out at Ian in a second, but Jace, just so I get your thoughts on it, Delhi Alley, was it a penalty for you because he was the pantomime villain all afternoon at Turf Moor against Burnley? Yeah, 100% penalty. I think, without a doubt, if you look at it literally frame by frame, a little bit like uh, Victor Moses in the semi-final last year, he knows it's coming and he he starts to go down before the contact. But every single club gets penalties like that in the Premier League. Every single club, when it happens to them, demands a penalty. We saw it with Loftus-Cheek, I think, in the Palace-Swansea game that day, where he tripped over somebody's toe now and went down and nobody had a problem (laughs) with that one. So, you know, it's it's a penalty. Move on. It's it's not even worth discussing. OK. Ian, let's bring you in. There's been a lot of talk about Deli Alli's form recently. But Burnley, that game, it was the start of him now getting back on back on side, wasn't it? Had a good game. And again, I, I still stand by the fact it was a penalty. Do you as well? 100%. Stonewall penalty in, in, in my book. You know, he's... Um, why, like um, John said, you know, why why run the risk of getting a second yellow? You know, the, 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 the Burnley player's leg comes across and connects with Deli Alley's leg. Now, whether he stays up, whether he goes down, he goes down, it's a penalty. You know, and, and, and that's what happens when you're, you know, in, in, the, in this current Premier League. And, and I'm glad Jason mentioned the, the Victor Moses one. At least, at least Deli Alley was sort of like in, a, in, in sort of like almost upright position, not sort of like 75% of the way down before he got anywhere near the Spurs player as Victor Moses did in the semi-final. <laughs> but, 
going back to the to the, to the whole Deli Ali thing, and you know, it it was really interesting because what what it done. Deli Ali loves to be sort of like classed as the role of pantomime villain. He does. He, he yeah. loves it. Mm. He thrives on it. And what it also done, it, it you know, in the ground, it took a, a lot of pressure off of the other Spurs players. They because every time Deli Ali got the ball. The, the, the Burnley supporters were booing him almost to a man and it's like it was great because he was loving it because it was it was he was thriving on it and the others were sort of like being able to sort of like just play their game you know w- w- without without almost the added pressure of them being booed themselves and um, you know it, it, it was great to see um, him you know being you know coming back to something like the, the form we know he, he can be produced for Spurs. Um, um, without him, you know, being castigated by, you know, the, the world and his wife. You know, I was coming back <laughs> from the game. You know, I was coming back from the game on after after, after the Burnley game, and there was a there was a certain um, ex-professional footballer who who I bet he would love to have been as good as Deli Ali, and I'll use the word bet in inverted commas on, <laughs> okay. on, on a certain on a certain you know talk sport radio. Um, sort of like spouting this holier than now crap about him, and I'm thinking, you know, mate, are you actually listening to what you're saying about this footballer? You know, when when you've got far more yellow cards, far more red cards, you know, and you, you're a hypocrite, mate. And <laughs> you know, and I just think that, you know, it was great that uh, that Deli Ali was was the one that was that generated all of that rubbish from. You know, from 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 a former ex-professional should know better. Yeah, the funny thing is with Delhi. I mean, we've said it on the show, on before on the show. There's not really been a dip in his form since he's broken through at Tottenham, and now maybe that dip is out of the way. But even if you call it a dip, it's been what three or four games at best. I mean, he's still been getting the. If you look at his stats from this season compared to last, they're pretty much the same, if not better, this season. So it's a real strange one. And Delhi, as we know, normally around this period, Christmas into January, he normally always comes along strong. Jace, coming over to you for the penalty. There wasn't a doubt in mine, was there, that Kane was going to miss. I mean, he looks, he looks such a, a potent threat in front of goal anyway that, you know, from 12 yards, he's always going to score, isn't he, Kane? <laughs> no, it was a, a really comfortable, easy finish for him. He even bent it in the top yeah. corner, didn't he? Yeah, he, he did. He actually looked, he didn't it? So he even put a little bit of curve on it and um, nah, it was, was never going to miss. He was never going to miss the second one. Either was he once he was through one on one. It reminded me of his finish at, uh, at Huddersfield, and um, he's it was just a sensational performance from him again. And he yeah he, he sticks his hand up, and every time he he takes the responsibility, and it's just a, a brilliant Christmas and a brilliant brilliant uh, time for him to be a Tottenham player at the moment, isn't it? With the the goals he's scoring. Yeah, you got a marvel in watching him. He's fantastic. Joe, sticking with you, a lot has been made at Pochettino's tactics in recent weeks in games which he hasn't got it right. But I think it's fair to say against Burnley that he did get it right, didn't he? I mean, it was absolutely spot on the way the players really implemented that high press. And at half time, we said about 1 0, all right, 2 0 came in the second half. But you felt in that first half, we really should have been, you know, going in more than just the 1 0 up. Yeah, we should have done. I mean, we controlled the game probably for, I thought, for about 85 minutes mm. of the 90 minutes, really. And, uh, Sissoko had that big chance, didn't he, in the first half? Yeah. Mm. Um, but you know, I, I won't go too hard on him. You know, Kane actually missed a, a good chance himself just after that, and then you know, Sonny's miss early in the second half. And 
you know what I think of Sonny, but it was a horrendous yeah. miss, wasn't it? Mm. And then Kane, Kane even overhit a, an easy pass to Ericsson. And like I said, you, you just feared that we'd we'd pay for them. You thought surely at some stage Burnley are going to have that that little five minute spell, and, and you just know in games like that if somebody does have that little five minute spell. It, they just punish you, don't they? They get a deflection or something just drops and you think we've dominated 60 minutes and, and suddenly we're back at 1-1. But no, he, he tact- tactically we were we were spot on. We pressed in the right place. This is Soka, I thought, despite his miss, his energy in and around midfield helped us get a grip in there. Eric Dyer mopped up when he needed to and it was it was really comfortable throughout the, throughout the whole game. It was indeed. John, bring it round to you. Another player that I thought played very well against Burnley was Serge Aurier. Now, I think his attacking intent for me, John, at times, hasn't been given enough credit because if you remember the Lorente charge he set up away from home against Leicester, he done the same with Sonny. Do you think we're starting to see the best of Aurier now? I know it's very early days, but do you think the way Walker, we saw a very slow progression, but under Poch, we saw him thrive. Do you think we could see the same with Poch working with Aurier in that right-back role? I certainly hope so. I think he, he did play well against Burnley and... Uh... But there was just one, that one um, little mistake where he's overplayed the ball when it ends up with him yep. getting the mm. chance where Chris Wood ends up getting injured, actually bashing into uh, Hugo Lloris. So once he, you know, I think he's just, uh, he seems to be a very excitable kind of player and he, he loves to be involved and he, he tries sometimes to do more than he needs to do, which is a little bit of a worry. But yeah, he's, I think he's he's come on leaps and bounds already. If you, if you think he's one of them players, again, who didn't have... You know, as as Lyle was saying when you had him on, you know, he, he didn't have much of um, a settling in period, if you like, at Tottenham. It was kind of, all right, you're in now. You've got no pre-season. The season's already begun. So from that point of view, I think he's he's adjusted really well. And <clears throat> I think over the, the course of the last three weeks, he certainly um, established himself, in my mind anyway, as being like the first choice right back for Tottenham. And, yeah, he's deserved it. I think he's put in some good performances. And, uh, yeah, the last two, again, been very, very good. I'm impressed with him. He's one of them players I thought might have been out of our reach in the summer. So I was I was really pleased to see him come in. And, yeah, he's doing well. Let's hope he... Uh, I think if he, he stays there for a, for a while, you know what I mean? He'll mm. certainly be a fan favourite if he's not already. And his performances, yeah, they've been getting better. Absolutely. I think he's, he's a good player and I'm, I'm pleased to have him at Tottenham. Yeah, well, it's funny. One Yama today has come out and apparently said that he's got the uh, some late great moves of the of Michael Jackson. So he must be a fun one in the changing rooms. Um, let's bring it round to you, Ian. So, like Jason said, Sissoko, he did provide a lot of energy. He also put through that inch-perfect pass to Kane to get the second goal. And again, Ian, such cool and co- composed finish with Kane at the moment. I mean, what can you say about him that you haven't said already, Ian, Harry Kane? Um, I've, I've, I've seen it so often. I know. I feel like we, we, cut, we cover the superlatives, don't we, with him? He's just yeah, a, a yeah. wonderful player. Wonderful player. Well, I, I, as I've said, I've seen, I've been blessed to see a lot of really good players at Tottenham, and and I'll, and I'll take away the fact that I never saw Diego Maradona in a Spurs shirt, and that's a little, <laughs> a little bit of homage to, to, to Mr. McGovern there. Um, I, 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 I'm struggling to think of a better player I've seen in a Spurs shirt and what I, what I love about Harry Kane is that of course he can finish he, he's a great finisher and he scores all sorts of goals you know 25 yarders headers you know sort of left foot right foot but it's his defensive position and, and, and his, def- his defensive play and his all-round link-up play you know there was that there was that lovely little clip going around a couple of weeks ago where 
you know, he, I think it was in the Stoke game when the ball comes over his head, he controls it and then second touch, he, he, he's sort of like volleyed it across to Stoney, he's on the other side of the pitch. Now, you know, if, if, if you know, if, if, if a Ronaldo does that or a Messi does that, we see it every day of the week, you know, on, on, on you know, sports channels. But Harry Kane just gets on with his business. You look at, um, and you look at his third goal, you know, for me, his third goal is probably one of the best goals I've ever seen. Only from the reason being is that not only does he he, he win the tackle, mm. you know, from from you know from from break up play, but he has the, the the presence of mind and the sense to sort of get up and run into space, and then he, he gets the ball, opens his body, um, you know, sort of like does the does the defender, and then it's an inch perfect cross shot into the opposite corner. You know, for me, it was just it was just I don't know class. Top class, even. Um, so yeah, and I, 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 I'm running out of superlatives, you know. And, and I think you know we, we should all, all of us who support Tottenham and follow Tottenham, should be should feel blessed that, that they are living living sort of like they're, they're supported of this great club for a time when when Harry Kane is gracing that famous number ten shirt of ours. Yeah, I mean it's beginning to feel, Jace, coming back round to you that this is. Such a, a key moment in Spurs' history to have a player like Kane, the form he's in. There's no doubt in his mind he can't wait to lead Spurs into this new stadium. When do we start saying, Jace, that this guy can be Tottenham's greatest ever striker? Is that possible to say that? We know how great Jimmy Greaves was, and don't get me wrong, Jimmy was a wonderful, wonderful striker. He's still is way ahead of Kane in terms of the goal-scoring charts at the moment. But how many more seasons does Kane need to keep replicating what he's doing in order to be considered in amongst that kind of level? It's almost impossible to, to answer that. I mean, football has changed so much as well. Um, so much, you know, pitches are different. The, the ball is different. Uh, boots are different. Teams teams defend differently. Uh, there's no back passes now. You know, you're allowed to kick people in those days. I think, you know, you, it's really difficult to, to compare it. And probably, you know, the vast majority of us haven't seen Jimmy Greaves. You know, no. I know mm. my dad's, We'll still say there'll there will never be another Jimmy Greaves, and you'd probably have to understand people of that era. And even though you can search a few bits and pieces out on YouTube, you don't see the whole games and things like that anymore. So it's really difficult. All we can say is that in this era that we're in, he's he's a magnificent striker. I know we had the the thing where I got ripped earlier in the year when I said to me he wasn't world class at that stage. But against that, I've always said I, I wouldn't swap him for another striker in the world. And I think that's that's the simple thing. Um, Surely he's world class now. The, the closest. Surely he's world class now. Well, it, it, it's still it's still the you know what do you call world class, isn't it? And, and I think John at the time said Jason's definition of world class is is the real legends of the game. And I suppose I still have those where I think a world class players as as Michelle Platini's and people like that. So I think you. It, it, it's subjective as to what you call world-class. But as I say, even if I said to you now he's not world-class, I still wouldn't swap him for any other player in the world. And so some people would say, well, that is you calling him world-class then. And, and I accept that. Um, I wouldn't swap him for anyone. And, and that's all you can want. I suppose, you know, we had probably the closest one to him that was capable of astonishing feats for us and astonishing goals was, was Klinsman, but we really only had him for, what, a, a season and then half a season a year later. But Kane's doing it, you know, over four seasons. So that puts him above Jurgen Klinsman as well. We're just lucky to have him. And, and 
But I, I believe we'll have him for a long, long time yet as well. I, I don't go into this thing of we must win a trophy this year, otherwise he's gone or no, anything no. like that. I think we'll be enjoying Harry Kane's reaching 200 goals rather than, than looking to sell him, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I always think with Harry Kane, as long as he can see a vision at Tottenham, in terms of that, the club is always progressively moving forward. I don't see the player wanting to see him move away. I think he's got such a desperate thing within him to want to take Spurs into this new stadium alone. So, fingers crossed, Kane is going to be here for a very, very long time. John, is it any coincidence whatsoever that Davinson Sanchez comes back from suspension and we keep a clean sheet? I mean, it's unbelievable to think he's only 21 years old, played just the one full season in Europe before coming into the Premier League. I mean, how good has his adaptation been? Especially, and now he's come back from suspension as well. I think he's been superb. I Mm. think, yeah, you're right. You know, it made a difference straight away. But what it also did, as well as his performance being so good, it just, it meant that Dyer could go back into midfield and solid us up a little bit in there. I think, from a tactical point of view, it made a massive difference, as well as from a personnel point of view, because... You know, as you say, he has been he's been superb since he came in. I don't think any of us really expected him to to play as many minutes as he has done straight away or to and to settle in as as quickly as he did and the fact that he has done is testament to him. You know, he's clearly a a very talented player and I think the future of Tottenham Hotspur's centre back position is in very very safe hands. It is indeed. John, I've asked Ian and Jace about Kane's fanatics over the last well, we haven't touched upon Southampton yet, the Burnley game. Anything you want to add to Kane? That you haven't said in the past about him, and that you can add to him, John. I think. Do you know what it's? It's like what Ian said about the third goal. Mm. It just encapsulates everything that is great about about Harry Kane, mm. because you know you got he gets compared to well, just because the amount of goals he scores, he gets compared to all these these other you know massive names in world football. But I think what sets him apart is that work rate, that selflessness. You know, the, the hunger and the desire to use a football cliche. But it's true. Because when you see him lose, you know, we lose the ball in Burnley's right-back area. They're bringing, they're trying to bring the ball out. He puts in a perfectly timed tackle. And then straight away, he's thinking about, right, where am I off to next? And that, that first touch with his right foot to set up his, his uh, hat-trick goal against Burnley, was that was a world-class touch. It sells a defender and it means that, he, you know, he, the defender then can't do anything about it. And it's up to whether Harry can get it past the keeper, which he obviously, you know, he did with a plum. I think it's just, you know, <laughs> it's one of them things. It's a little bit weird, I suppose, for us Spurs fans. When you're talking about greatest players on the planet and one of ours is right up there, it's a little bit strange yeah, it still. it is bizarre. It is really indeed. When you, like you say, Messi and Ronaldo and you've got Harry Kane there, it still takes them getting exactly. used to John, doesn't it? It does, it does. But the thing is, I think it's because a lot of it stems back from the fact that none of us saw this coming. Mm. Do you know what I mean? No, I think if, if, if he yeah. was always like the childhood prodigy that was destined for stardom, <laughs> then it may be a little bit easier to sort of comprehend. But the fact is, he wasn't. He went out on all these different um, loan spells, and he didn't pull up trees anywhere he went. You know, Leighton Orient, Millwall, Leicester. He didn't. He didn't really do much anywhere. He had a torrid time at Norwich as well. And you just think, <clears throat> where's it come from? But this is the kind of this is the kind of attitude that we come to, you know, we see it week in, week out now, and that's what's got him to where he is. Yeah. You know, you've got a certain amount of natural ability, but the want to do it and the pride that he has in his in his work is is phenomenal. And that's just, you know, whether he if, if he was to never ever play a game for Spurs again, he'd still he'd be a legend already, I think. 
Yeah, he's, he's that good. I agree. You know, it's funny, John. You talk about you know you struggling to comprehend who's ever going to be like this. You made me have a flashback to Spurs against Hearts in the Europa League on a, I think on a Thursday night at the Harry <laughs> Rinner. I mean, he missed a penalty that night, didn't he? If I'm wrong, right? I was saying? there. Yeah, uh, I was there. Yeah, yeah he did. He did. He, um... You would never think that on that night, would you? That that was going to be a, a player that would be up there with, like you said, Ronaldo and Messi. It's just crazy. Absolutely. I think the one thing I would say, if you go back and look at pictures from mm. that game, he was a boy then. And he's most, yeah. he's most definitely a man now. Yeah, so true. Great point. I tell you what, let's take some questions before we move on to Southampton, conscious of time. Ian, I want to come to you first. Um, I asked Jason this question already, but I want to get your thoughts on it. Zoe Pearson says, are we also starting to see the best of Oreo in the Premier League now that he's had time to settle and adapt to his game accordingly? What's your thoughts on that one? I think he's slowly getting there. Mm. Um, there, there are times when his, his exuberance sort of like often sells him short you know there's, there's been a, there was a couple of times in the Burnley game and, and a couple of times in the Southampton game where he he, 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 he he seems to get turned quite a lot because you know I think he's trying to get to the ball um, you know as, as quickly as he can and but outside of that that, 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 that lovely little through ball for, for Sonny in the second half at Burnley was 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 beautifully weighted, and, and I think we all we all you know waited for the for the, for the net to billow from Sonny. But I think yeah, I think we're starting to see him um, assert himself over over Kieran Trippier in 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 the, the the first first pole position for that right back spot. Yeah, we're going to come on to Southampton shortly because, um, like I say, started his second consecutive game there in the space of a couple of days, Aurea. Let's bring the next question around to you, Jay. So, Helena at Birthday Girl 81 says, how massive was that win against Burnley, beating our closest rival away while keeping a clean sheet? I missed this team in previous games. Oh, it was just, I mean, it was important to bounce back after the the disappointment at Manchester City, wasn't it? And we were all pretty flat and arguing mm. amongst ourselves for the first few <laughs> days. We had the, the potch out people oh, in Twitter land and all the negativity. <laughs> and I think we just needed a, a really good solid win, particularly with um, with the way the rest of the weekend had gone with, with everyone else dropping points started, didn't it? With the uh, the Liverpool game on the Friday night and, and then, uh, you know, Man United dropped points and Chelsea had dropped points with the Everton game. And so I think there was only two teams in the top 11 won that day, which was obviously ourselves and City. And it was just important to, to to establish a win and get a really good thumping win after, let's be fair, a really difficult run away from home. So it was a it was a really good result. And I think, you know, the confidence we took from that, we took into to Boxing Day as well. Yeah, completely agree. Um, next question of the night is going to come back around to you, John. Um, I haven't asked you about Deli Alley yet, so I'll be going to get your thoughts um, in terms of his dip recently. Drew Starr says, what did you make of Delhi's performance? I feel that after last week's challenge and the challenge early on, it almost forced him to play well. Imagine the stick he would have gotten if he had an average game. Well, he didn't have an average game, did he, against Burnley? He played really well, John. Yeah, I think we've had a back-to-back two of the best performances we've seen for a while from Delhi Alley. Mm. Yeah. I think, you know, as as Ian said earlier, <clears throat> that, that role of pantomime villain, which he set up, set himself up for 87 minutes worth of against Burnley, was something that he seemed to relish. And, it, you know, there weren't any point after that where you thought he's going to lose his head. That was impressive. You know, forget about the footballing side of things. That was impressive, I thought, for him not to get sucked into that trap and get, you know, there would have been words exchanged with the Burnley players and maybe little pinches and kicks that the cameras didn't pick up. 
but he he didn't react and he got through the game done really well. And again against Southampton, I think you know was it a goal and two assists? You know, it was, yeah. he, he, he was he was superb. And I, one thing he did do is he. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure the people at Adidas uh, are appreciating his goal against Southampton because the amount of bend that them new predators got on that ball <laughs> for his goal was superb. I didn't even see it coming. I was thinking, right, where's he going to go from here? And when he pulled his leg back and pinged it, it didn't even seem like I had enough pace on that ball. It was a lovely goal. And, you know, that's clearly a sign of, of a confident player, I think, to try that from there. And, yeah, I, I think he's been good. I think, you know, it, like, you like, it's like we've seen before, he seems to come alive at this time of year. You know, we had that from uh, January, early January when he scored a two against Chelsea last season. And let's just, you know, let's hope he can maybe repeat the trick against West Ham once you smash Swansea. Fingers so, crossed. Yeah, Delhi was good. Last two games, he's, he's been good. I think he's back to his best. We're playing well again. He's settled into the, his position, his best position, I think. He's, he's behind Kane in a 4 2 3 1. I think that's where we, get to, we see the best of him. And as long as we continue to, to, you know, maybe use that formation, which I think we will, at least until Toby comes back then. We'll see the best of him hopefully week upon week. Fingers crossed. I thought that I just thought the little sign he was back to his best was in that Southampton game was the early chance that he missed when he hit it on the volley over the bar. But the, the fact that he suddenly had the confidence to take it first time, and you know we've seen him in recent weeks try and take too many touches on the ball and and, and try and be too too precise with things. And I just thought the fact that he hit that volley first time without without looking alongside who was there. I just thought that's a good sign for him overall, even though he missed that chance. And, and sure enough, you saw the real Delhi really start to come out against Southampton, didn't you? We did. I think the, the other thing, Jay, as well, when, when he's, re, he's, he's running with the ball and he's got Son in front of him, if that's half a second later, Son's offside. And I think yep. that, that the precision that he showed there and, the, you know, just it was just an intelligent bit of football. And I think that's that's what it is with Delhi. You know, he loses, he'll lose his head before he ever loses his footballing ability. And, you know, he clearly didn't against Southampton. He was superb. And uh, I think let's just leave the lad alone now. Let him get on with playing football for Tottenham. Because, like I say, last two games, he's been quality. Yeah. Before we touch upon Southampton, a couple of questions to finish up the Burnley review. Ian, much better performance over the pitch. All over the pitch, should I say. Mark Butcher says. Davinson Sanchez having him back in the team. Defence looks solid. But my question is, should we be more clinical in front of goal when we're so strong in a game? Good question. Ian, should we? Well, if you look at the the, the, the the sort of like the attempts on goal and and, and those that are on target, mm. then then you can argue that maybe we should be, you know. But this this comes off the back of us seeing a score what was it eight times over the last two games and, and only let in two. So, you know, I think that you, you have to sometimes add add a bit of credit to the to the to the teams that you're playing. In that, in that we always seem to come up with a goalkeeper that has his, has his sort of like um, best, you know, the best performance, um, you know, in in the shirt of their colours against us. Um, you have your defences that sort of like all of a sudden just discover, you know, a, a little bit of, of, of stinginess in front of in front of us. Um, but but in all seriousness, yeah, it'd be it'd be great. But then this comes off the back of. Of Harry Kane scoring six in the last two games, so yeah, it's true. You know, where do you where, where where do you go from here? I, I think I know what Mark is trying to say, you know, and and, and it would be lovely. God, if we took all our chances, oh yeah, we'd be we'd, 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 we'd be up there with the cities, wouldn't we? Yeah, so. we'd much closer to him, that's for sure, definitely. Yeah, Jace, yeah. let's finish the review with this last question on Burnley. Um, this is from Minty Bloke at Minty Bloke. He says, when Danny Rose was 
Oh, so let's go. When, when Rose was out, Davis stepped up, but now is in form. Do you think he's upset that an unfit Rose walked back into the team ahead of him? That's from Minty Bloke. Well, I think uh, Danny Rose's first game back was West Ham in the Carabao Cup. And I think we've had what you'd call four big games since then. We had Man United, Real Madrid, Arsenal, um, Manchester City. Ben Davis started three of those four games, in fairness. The first three of the four. So I don't think you could say Danny Rose has, has just walked back in. And the other thing I would say is Ben Davis isn't half the player I think he is if he's got a strop on that, that Danny Rose has come back. Mm. You know, Ben Davis has clearly been second choice to Danny Rose for the past, what, two seasons or whatever. So I'd, I'd be surprised and disappointed if, if if that's the reason for Ben Davis's drop in form. That, that suddenly Danny Rose is there, and as I say, I don't think Danny Rose has walked back into the team. I think he's had to, you know, he's had to work hard to get his place back. And I think you know Pochettino was loyal to to Ben Davis for, as I say, for for those first three big games. So no, I, I don't think that's the reason Ben Davis has dropped off. Guys, moving along to Southampton, let's start with you, Jay. So Harry Kane will rightly get all of the headlines, of course, but there were a lot of positives general in that game, wasn't there? I mean, Deli Ali. Danny Rose, Spurs climb up to fourth, which may be the time being, depending on results elsewhere tonight, tomorrow. And we're building momentum now quite nicely, Jace, aren't we? Yeah, it was important to, to build on that Burnley one. And we were, I thought, first, well, for a lot of the game, we were at our, our fluid best against Southampton. They didn't quite come to part of the bus, in fairness to them. They, they looked like they wanted to have a go. And, and we've seen at Wembley this year with teams that have been prepared to to come out at us we've we've ripped them apart and we we did it to Southampton and again five we could have had a few more than that and late on the way that we were breaking you thought we'd score more that Harry Kane volley what a shame that didn't go in because that would have been a fantastic goal human song was was at his best mm. Ali was at his best Ericsson shone for part of the game Kane was was astonishing and yep Without a doubt, I've given Danny Rose more criticism than anyone, but that was by far his best performance since he came back. Apart from that, the, the, the little backheader to Hugo, and that would have been probably the most embarrassing goal we'd have conceded for years if that had gone in. But but no, it was, was much more like the old Danny Rose, the 2016 Danny Rose. And when you get that Danny Rose, oh, got... then he's a far better player than Ben Davis. So, you know, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll gladly admit to that. But no, it was a, a really good, solid performance. And... Um, thoroughly deserved the win and again probably flattered Southampton although we lost control it, it was a little bit basketball-y those last 20 minutes wasn't it I've always said that Tottenham at their best even when we're ripping teams apart still still control a game and we we kind of lost control of that last 20 minutes and it was you have an attack we have an attack but I don't want to be too critical of the players over that that period six points and eight goals is a is an impressive return it was and when you bear in mind Jason I mean what has it been a 48 hour Turn over some of these players. I mean, we're talking about fitness in the modern day age now. We know it. You know these players are, are athletes, but still a great turnaround in that period. Can I ask you, Jace, before I move it on to John? Um, Aurea started for the second match in a row now, Premier League, in that right back spot. Winks returned to the squad. In terms of first back, well, say first back, first choice fullbacks now. Rose and Aurea are those the main two in your eyes? Do you think when we get that, like you said, the, the 2016 Danny Rose, are those? Aurea and Rose, the first I, choice? I've said it, despite criticising him a lot, if you get the 2016 Danny Rose, he's a, he's a better player than, than Ben Davis. And, you know, if you've got the Danny Rose we see against Southampton, he's he's definitely the, the, 
the, the choice for the big games, if you like, and you'd say to Ben Davis, right, Wimbledon's yours or whatever. You just need to maintain that focus from him and fingers crossed we do it. Aurier, the other side, again, I've always said with Aurier, he looks a far better player than Trippier as long as he can adapt to the Premier League and stops being rash. But mm. the goal came about when, when he makes a mistake, didn't it? It was almost the same mistake he made at Burnley. So... You know, there's still that little edge with with Aurier that that he needs to get out of his game. But I'm sure in time they will get that out of his game, and then you've got a, a terrific right back on your hands again. Yeah, bringing it round to you, John. Speaking good about Danny Rose, which is nice to do on this show. I mean, he makes that first goal for what it is. John wins that free kick with a fantastic run, an unstoppable run. Ericsson's deadly delivery and Kane's header. I mean, again, John, the guy in the form he's in, he's in the right place at the right time, John. Yeah, do you know what I love most about that, Rick? Go on. To, to break Alan Shearer's record was a tapping from two yards. Yeah, it's typical, isn't it? That, yeah. That just, you know, I've, I <laughs> only keep banging on about it, but that no, just no. pissed off all the non-Spurs fans even more. Yeah, well, this is the it. The fact that, it, you know, Rose, as you say, Rose did really well. I mean, he was being fouled for about 25 yards. Yeah, he was, it's true, yeah. The referee finally blew up. Lovely uh, lovely delivery from Ericsson and, and Kane couldn't really miss, could he? But this is... This is just peak, peak Tottenham. I love it. I love mm. it. It's that you know that that hunger, the desire, the the skill, the strength, the everything. It was a. It looked a pretty. It was a pretty simple goal. Let's be honest. But it could have gone so. It could have gone so differently. That Ericsson free kick can go anywhere. Well, it can land can, to yeah. anyone. It could mm. end up anywhere. But it ends up not touching the Southampton player. And it's a tapping from two yards. I, was, I thought it, it was just a, a nice, a nice first goal of the game for Harry to get <clears throat> the sheer record breaker out of out of uh, out of the way early early doors was a, a, a really good start to the game. And obviously we went on from strength to strength, didn't we? We did indeed. I mean, Kane in general six hat tricks in the Premier League alone. I mean, scored eight Premier League hat tricks, which is as many as Michael Owen and Thierry Henry. I mean, the form he's in is absolutely ridiculous. Ian, coming over to you. Cut the questions on Kane. I asked Jason this earlier. Neil McLearn's asked the same question. I'm going to have to ask you it, Ian. I mean, is Harry Kane the best player we've ever had? He's asked the question. I asked if he's the best striker. Neil McLearn's gone one further and said, is he the best player we've ever had? Sorry, I'm going to put you on the spot like this. <laughs> hmm. um, I'm going to, from, from what I've seen, I'm going to say yes. Oh, you are? Okay. There you go. Ian has put Ian has put his mouth money where his mouth is. I've seen Hoddle, you know, I've seen Gascoigne, you know, and and whilst they were all brilliant on their day, what I love about Harry is, you know, you look at the uh, uh, Southampton's second goal, right? If Hugo doesn't get a hand to it, who clears it off the line? Yeah, it's Harry Kane. Yeah, yeah. No other world-class striker would have been in that position. None of them. And and I just think that, it, as I think so we, said, we said it earlier on, the, the selflessness he, he shows to the team. You know, and I just think he's, 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 he's cross-field passing, his he's range of, 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 of old-up play. I, I just think, you know, I'm going to put it out there, I think he's the best player in a Spurs shirt I've seen. There you go. Without a shadow, without a shadow of a doubt. For, 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 for his all-round play um, he does his job brilliantly but he can also do other people's jobs just as brilliantly you know and you know and we've seen him before running back when, when he's lost the ball 
running back 40 yards and making tackle after tackle in front of his, you know, his, his defensive colleagues. The, the man, the man can do it all. He, he can do it all. And I just think that, um, you know, and I and I've been thinking about this, you know, as, as, I've, as the last few weeks. Mm. You know, what 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 would I say if I was asked this, this question? And I've answered it now. Um, and that's that's that for me, he's the best player I've ever seen in a Spurs shirt. There you go, Noel. Ian has put his money where his mouth is. Ian, as you are here, let's ask you the next question. Jason sent this one in, our Jason on the show. Um, he says his favourite goal was the Huddersfield one, the second one, his best goal. What was the best goal for you you've seen from Kane? Uh, this season, the third against Burnley. Okay, just a couple of days back, the third against Burnley. Yeah, I did. I, did, I think as we, we touched on it earlier on the yeah. pod, it was it, it was it, it was the whole it was the whole lot. It, it, it was the desire and hunger to win the ball, and then once he's got once he's got the ball and he's laid it off. I think mean, it was to Davis. You know, Davis just sort of like plays it in. Is it to Sonny? Um, and, and, and as John said earlier, that 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 first touch, and and as he goes past the, the Burnley defender to, to actually hit it. With, with the with the precision that he does into the side in the opposite side netting, I just it was it was sublime, phenomenal. Yeah. You know, as I said, you know, if 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 a certain little Argentinian done that in, <laughs> in Spain, or a certain Portuguese fella done it, you know, in Spain, then we'd be seeing it every day of the week. But you know, fantastic, fantastic goal. Yeah. But I can understand totally what Jason's coming from because that 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 goal at Huddersfield was something special yeah. as well. If we're going on this season, for me, I've got to say I most enjoyed the Dortmund goal where he beats the defender, carries yeah. on running. I think it's the, the final goal of the lot where just unbelievable sheer will of determination to just want yeah. to score so much. That, for me, this season, if we're based on this season's goals, I think, for me, that's probably been the best goal I've seen from Kane this season. It's just been unbelievable. I mean, what a player. John, let's bring you in on it. What's been your favourite goal this season from Kane? Or best goal? Do you know what? I'll tell you what makes that, that question really difficult to answer is because there's so many different types yeah. of goal. Like, that, isn't that consider... great about him, the variety of them, John? Absolutely, mm. absolutely. I think if you consider, you know, being in the right place at the right time, you know, the one against West Ham where yeah, he's yeah. Sort of done his salmon leap and managed to get his head on it. <laughs> and then you've got the skill and the determination against Liverpool where he could have gone down for a penalty, stays on his feet and uh, knocks it in the only gap he could find after the, the goalkeeper, he's gone past the keeper. And then, you know, that the, the silky one, the third goal against Southampton, was just class. You know, he's waited for the defender. He's outslid himself. He can't tackle him now. The goalkeeper still don't know what he's going to do. And then he just goes, I'll tell you what, I'm going to dink you with my weak foot. I'm not even going to score with my right foot. And I'm going to get an hat-trick today <laughs> against you Southampton players. And just dinks it in with his left foot. I think, listen, every time he hits the net, He's, he's, he's heading towards another record. Obviously, yeah, he's amazing. got yeah. he's got Jimmy Greaves in his sights eventually. But you know, he's he's gone past Robbie Keane against Southampton for yeah. uh, for Tottenham all time goals for Tottenham, and he's only I think he's only about four behind Teddy Sheringham's. Yeah, I think Premier you're right. Not League many now, John. Experts. Not many at all. No. Yeah, I think I think Teddy got 97 in the Premier League mm. for for Tottenham. I think Kane's what's he on now? 92 maybe 93. Yeah. So you know, <clears throat> give it another fortnight, and he'll probably. He'll be Tottenham's highest ever Premier League goal scorer as well. He's yeah. phenomenal. He's just phenomenal. He, he's, I've said this before, but he, his girlfriend's um, just just lucky that she got there first because there's, there's millions <laughs> of us who'd have his babies. Brilliant. Robbie Fallon, <laughs> Alan Shearer, I think they're the only players to score more hat-tricks than Kane in the Premier League history. That tells you in itself how crazy that is. Go on, Jace, over to you. 
Yeah, I think I said Huddersfield. Kane, it was Kane himself that said the, the Huddersfield goal oh, okay. was his, yeah. his favourite one, the second one. I mean, for me, I thought the one he scored at home to Stoke, which was his second that day, straight from the corner, when he hit it, got over the top of the volley, kept yeah. outside the box from mm. a corner, which, which showed they'd worked on that because normally he's inside the box for a corner, but he stayed outside the box. Ericsson clipped that, that corner straight out to him, but to get over that volley and put it, let the ball run across his body... And, and bury that volley in the bottom corner was was fantastic technique. And we were lucky because BT, was it BT or Sky? I think Sky have been running Harry Kane's 2017 over Christmas where you saw all these, all these Tottenham goals back to back. And so that one stood out. And yet you're sitting there thinking they've already missed six of them out. Mm. It's astonishing. <laughs> they've already lost six of the goals aren't even on there now. Absolutely incredible run. I think the point in stat out there is that he scored more hatches in 2017 than Messi, Ronaldo, Lewandowski, Cavani and Aguero combined. You just think, you read those names, you just think, Harry Kane, you just think, God, I mean, that's when you know this guy is oh. just such a special, special player. I mean, Jace, for the second goal again, he now I think he goes past Messi um, in the calendar year, but Deli Alli at the heart of that goal after a brilliant move. Great to see Deli back involved again against Southampton, wasn't it? Really at the top of his form, fingers crossed now. Yeah, I think that goal started with a little bit of Eric Dyer juggling around in midfield, didn't it? It did, yeah, it I did. Think right at the start yeah. of that, and yeah. the way we linked passes together, we saw the combination of Ericsson, Ali, and then a lovely little ball from Ali to Son. Son's ball into the box. It was just a, it was a really well-worked goal of which... Southampton seems to have no no way of stopping it, and and those that little axis, Ali, Eriksson, Kane, Son. When those four are playing like that, we look as good as anyone else's front four, and it was just a brilliant goal to see us. John, coming around to you, Delhi Ali, single-handedly taking parts of Adam at times on that game, four assists and a goal now in his last two games. Really starting John to step up, isn't he? When we need him most now for Delhi. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, as we said earlier, he's, he's uh, he thrived in that pantomime villain role against Burnley and it would have given him a lot of confidence going into Southampton. And I think, you know, as we, as Jay said, with that front four that we've got interchanging the way they do, it must be such a joy to play in, in, in that particular part of the team. And I think, you know, as Delhi himself said on Spurs TV yesterday after um, Southampton, he's his own biggest critic and sometimes, he, you know, he has to remember that he's only 21 years old. You know, I know I know it's something that we've said many times before, you know, try and keep our feet on the ground with him because of how young he is. But because he set his, he set his own standards so high last season, you know, he's, I wouldn't say he struggled necessarily because his stats, as you said at the top of the show, are still very good and they compare favourably to last season. But now I think he's starting to come into that, into the, into the form that he sort of finished last season with. So yeah, four obviously four assists and a goal in two games is is incredible for you know, and that's perfect for a number ten. You know, they're the kind of stats that that will get you in, onto uh, into the England World Cup squad and you know into being able to play for a team towards the top of the Premier League. And I think that we just have to just enjoy him. He's such a good player, and everything he does is put under the spotlight. You know, if that penalty against Burnley was someone else was won by Ericsson, for example, then we wouldn't even be talking about it still. And there was, you know, there was an, an occasion, although I want to forget it, but at Man City, where Harry Winks was dancing around in the penalty box, and if he'd have gone down when he could, when he could have done, that would have been a penalty. And I think that Delhi gets a lot of unfair criticism just mm. because people don't like that he's turning into brand Delhi, which unfortunately he's got to look after himself 
and his future family. You know, he's making all the money he can while he can, and good luck to him. But yeah, he's been good in the last two games. I think every 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 Tottenham player has to be fair, apart from uh, Hugo Lloris went peak Curelio Gomez on his yeah, birthday what... for a little while against Southampton. But <laughs> what's that about, that... John? Can you explain that performance at times from Hugo? Because he's been one of the most reliable. It's, you know, it's what I find people say to me about Hugo at times, and I find it so hard to criticise him because. Me and John, like you said, John, we have both been born in the 90s, so we've seen Walker, Bartson, Keller, yeah. Robinson at times. Is it so hard to... I find it, I don't know if you find it as hard as me, John, I find it so hard to criticise him when you've had the lot of those <laughs> likes as his predecessors, John. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it does help, and I think it, it helps with with pretty much all of our squad at the minute mm. even the much maligned players like Musa Sissoko so true yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know what I mean they'd be star players back well, you've then you got Bundesliga and Chimovic John it's not much competition is it really yeah exactly exactly <laughs> i think it's difficult to not compare but yeah i think i, I don't know what it was maybe he was a little bit bored because it was one sided for an hour <laughs> yesterday yeah, hey. Southampton. so i don't know maybe he just he wanted to get involved it was his birthday wasn't it on boxing day so Maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe they had a bit too much to drink the night before or something. There you go, it might have been that, it might have been. I mean, Ian, come round to you. Let's go back, back to back hat-tricks for Harry Kane. 39 Premier League goals in a record-breaking Canada year. And Sonny shining his boots in appreciation of the man. Yeah, it, um, I don't know. I, you know, I think we've, um, you know, I've, I was absolutely blown, blown away by, you know, what, what we saw going forward uh, against Southampton. Um, and as I said, that third goal he scored was, was, was something really, really special, you know, and, you know, and, and you know, I, I just, you know, to, to actually, you look, you look at those sort of calendar year stats and it's really great because there are some people in, in sports journalism who, who go on about this calendar year thing and then when it doesn't suit their agenda, it, it, it means nothing. Yeah, well, the quick switching, yeah. I, you know, and, and I think that, I, I think that you know, to, to, if, if you look at those stats over the last few years, it, it, it's littered with Ronaldo, Messi, Messi, Ronaldo, and, and, and whilst you know, I, I, I genuinely don't know how Lionel Messi scored 91 goals in one calendar year, but you know, you, you look at it and you just think that Harry Kane's now, you know, has broken into that little elite little group, and um, he, he's done it in a Spurs shirt, you know, and and, and as we. As we as, as we announce triumphantly when he scores, you, you know he's one of our own. So, you know it's um, you know it, it, it was a it was a, it was a brilliant offensive performance, and I agree with John. I think that that poor old Hugo got bored, um, and and decided that he wanted to uh, have a piece of the action. <laughs> I have to ask you, Jace, coming around to you, Jan Batonga made a crucial interception. During that game, I mean, I've said before on the show, I think he's been one of our most consistent players in 2017. And I thought it's only right we mention him on this show, especially with the year drawing to a close. How great has he been, Jace? Bearing in mind, we've had Sanchez absent at times, obviously Toby for long periods. He's played in a back four that's been rotated with the fullbacks. He's been one of the main consistent players in there. And Jace, he's been brilliant, hasn't he, this season so far? Yeah, yeah, he has. And uh, you're right, I mean, the clearance on... Uh... On Boxing Day, when the ball came across, you just yeah. thought that that's in the back of the net. And uh, I was astonished that Vertonghen got there. And, and to get there himself, it's so easy to put that in the back of your own net. was a was a fantastic clearance. And he, he strolled mostly through the game again, didn't he, Jan? And, and it's, it's been a pleasure to watch all season. He really has. And I think even off the pitch, he, he seems to be a much happier, 
happy a yarn off the pitch smiling and he seems to be in plenty of pictures now laughing and joking with other players and that angry yarn of three years ago seems seems a long long time ago doesn't it there was a clip of him even delivering food to the hill the the hopes of a little gig on 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 Spurs Spurs TV and it's it's all those little things I think he's he's assuming a bigger role off the pitch he he now knows he's one of those senior players and I think just all round Yan is is excellent he's deserved his his record caps for Belgium and things like that I think you're just seeing a a much happier much more settled Yan and and it's a pleasure to watch him defend at the moment oh, it really is it really is and John Sonny I think Jason mentioned this he involved in goals two three and five scored the fourth I mean easily John for me the most underrated player in this league by a country mile. How good is he, Sonny, at times? Bearing in mind, he did have that atrocious miss against Burnley, but made up for it against the Saints. <laughs> yeah, he was superb. I'm, I'm just watching the highlights again, actually, and the, the way he found space to square for Kane for the second goal yeah. on Boxing Day was superb. The way he broke the line there, and it was a good ball through from Delhi. And then when, when uh, Son gets his goal, he starts his run about 70 yards from the goal. Deli Ali picks the ball up in the mid in the middle there, and then Son sort of go, comes from behind him, runs past him, and that kind of determination is is brilliant to see. That speed on the break, you know, we, we said before we don't have many players who are blessed with express pace, as Jay says, but the way we broke, uh, the and the way we can break when Son's in the team just makes a massive difference to me. I think because he he does have genuine pace, and he's a great finisher, as we've seen many many times. I think we, we look a better team when. His plan. It's as simple as that, and for that reason alone, I think we have to continue with a four-two-three-one, purely because Son, as you've seen before, Son's probably the one who drops out. I think if uh, if anyone has to, and we go to a back three, but yeah, he, he's superb. I, I wouldn't like to guess how much he'd be worth now, but it's certainly more than the twenty-two million that we gave a uh, uh, Lever. Was it Leverkusen? Yeah, Leverkusen. Yeah, yeah. It's certainly more than the twenty-two million we gave Leverkusen for him. That's that's he's probably at least worth double that now. I would say. He seems to be involved recently in, in all the good stuff that we do. And, you know, sign of a good player. And the, the other thing is, as well, he's not just doing it in the League Cup and the Europa League like he did in his first season. You know, he's, he's, he's scoring goals against Dortmund and, and playing really well in the Champions League, as well as, you know, big Premier League games like against Liverpool, where he scored. And he's become such an important player. He's, he's just the epitome of one of them players who took a little while to settle. But once he does settle, he's a, he's a, he's a classy operator. Got a lot of time for Sonny. Yeah, and scored more goals this season now than Eden Hazard, Riyad Mahrez and Alexis Sanchez. That tells you Sonny at the moment doing very, very well in a Spurs shirt and long may that continue. John, before I come on to Ian, I have to ask you um, about Eric Dyer. We had you on the show, um, obviously we had you on the show numerous times this season, but at one point you felt Dyer wasn't playing that well. I mean, for me, he had a great performance again um, against Southampton. He, who's, and this season he's played a majority, John, of two different roles. I mean, has your perception t- changed on Dyer at all since those early comments during the season? Or was it very early on in the season, I must admit? <laughs> I think what it was, it was, it was, I think it was just after the Man United defeat, if yeah, I remember rightly. That's correct. I think what mm. it is, is it, you know, because he's not such a, a high profile player, maybe, if, if players like him are having a bit of a blip, a dip in form like we've seen with Delhi, it gets magnified. But with Dyer, probably it doesn't. And it's only really the people that watch Tottenham and only Tottenham closely each week that that would notice. And I think what it is for me is it, we were going through... The early part of the season was a little bit difficult. You know, it did feel like we were playing every single game away. And I, I don't necessarily get that feeling now. I mean, I don't like Wembley, to be honest. I don't like it. But 
I think maybe it was just the surroundings. Maybe, you know, the players have said before how comfortable they felt at White Hart Lane and maybe that adjustment between the lane and Wembley was found easier to make by some players, you know, compared to others. But I think with Dyer, he's just maybe a little bit of a dip in form. I think he's played more minutes than any other player for Tottenham this season. Mm. He's certainly up there. I think he's maybe in the top two. And I think maybe that's just what it was. Maybe a little bit of tiredness, maybe a little bit of mental fatigue, you know, having to play centre-half one week and centre-mid the next. But I think the last two games, he's made me eat my words and say maybe his best position, I always thought, was at centre-half. But maybe it's maybe it's just the fact that Sanchez is a better centre half than Dyer, maybe, and we've seen now that how important he can be in midfield, and it, you know to play that screening role when Wanyama's not there is is important. You know we saw we got we got picked apart for fun when he was in the back four against Manchester City, didn't we? Maybe it would have been a bit different if he was next to Winks and Dembele in midfield that day. But yeah, I think he's come out the other side of any dip in form he, he, I perceived him to have. And uh, he's still one of our most important players. You know, as I say, he's played all all, the, all those minutes. Poch obviously thinks he's an important cog in the team. And uh, yeah, he's, I'd like to think that he's come out the other side now. But he's making me look a bit daft because you keep bringing the bloody <laughs> question up. <laughs> last time, John. I promise, last time. Jace, I've got to bring it around to you. Um, there's been many talk about Spurs that apparently we've, we've regressed this season, according to some. And you know what it's like, like you've referred to in Twitter land, where people like to think what they think. But we've collected... collected 87 points in 2017, which is a new club record for most points won in a single calendar year. Does that not kind of dispel that myth that Spurs, you know, we've gone backwards at all this season? Is it not a case that City have improved and, you know, we're just one of the teams, unfortunately, that have been left behind somewhat? I think I think the difficulty with it is people, when you they compare us to have we gone backwards, are remembering the second half of previous seasons mm. and judging it against the first half of this to me, without a doubt, you know, we've lost five league games. We can't deny that. We only lost four last year. But having said that, we're only, what, was it three points worse off at this stage? Or whatever, yeah, I think it's three Whatever points. the thing is. I know there's not much in it. I think, you know, under Pochettino, in the last three seasons, we've been, we struggled until Christmas. We've played some pretty sterile home games in that time, even at White Hart Lane. Even last season at White Hart Lane, there were some sterile home games and some fortunate home games in amongst that. But we, we tend to get to Christmas and we see it last year where we suddenly whip past five past Swansea, which almost mirrors the five past Stoke this year. We got into that roll around Christmas where Kane went on the run, where he scored twice at Southampton and uh, twice at Watford. That mirrors even better this year with hat-tricks. And we, we just seem to, to be in that type of form in, in each of the... The Leicester season, if you like, the, the season last year chasing Chelsea and this year's much the same. And um, we just got to make sure we press on as we have done in those past two seasons. And and you can only judge if we've gone backwards when you reach the end of the season. You know, if we've we finished on last year we're on 86 points, if at the end of the season we're on 71 points and fifth, then we've definitely gone backwards. But uh, I know people will compare it to Manchester City, but let's be fair it would be impossible to keep pace with the way that Manchester City have gone. Was it 18 wins and one draw? Yeah. Dear, oh dear. I mean, I, I don't know. How, if people think we should still be in a title race, we'd have what, had to win 16 and draw three. <laughs> dear, oh. I mean, you know, I think mm. if we'd have taken that, wouldn't we? So I think it's harsh to say we've gone backwards, but we'll only really know, as I say, come the end of the season, whether we've gone backwards or not. Yeah. For me, we definitely haven't. I agree. Ian, do you think we have? Or do you, think, do you agree with Jace on that point? Um, I don't think we've gone backwards. 
Um, I think Manchester City have taken a very, very uh, state-sponsored um, leap forward. Right. Um, and and I, you know, and I think that um, you know, if I, I get the impression that that you know nobody else in in the, the English Premier League would have been able to keep pace with that sort of investment at City. Mm. You know, so I think that we have to look at ourselves um, and, and, and whilst position-wise, are we going to finish second this year? I, 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 I doubt it now, although I'm the one that always says that the fat lady's not singing yet. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that, I think that we, we, should, we should still aim to get into that top four because it would, it would be, it would be great for us to go into our new stadium um, you know, next year at some stage, you know, having secured Champions League football, and I think that we need we need to, to still aim for that top four. I think it's sustain, yeah. and I still think mm-hmm. it's attainable. Just clarifying it, Rick. I mean, for me, we've progressed in Europe this year. We've married the demands of having Europe alongside the Premier League. We've gone through a, a really difficult Premier League period, and yet we're still very much in the hunt. And so, if if, if we've stayed in the hunt and progressed through Europe through a badge bill for Tottenham. I think that shows how much you've actually gone forward as a club rather mm. than gone backwards as a club. Yeah, agreed, because agreed. if we'd have gone backwards, we'd be now eighth or ninth and nowhere near that top four. Yeah, I agree. Let's bring John's thoughts in on this one. John? Well, I was just going to say, just stole my thunder a bit there. I was, was going to okay. say, if you, if you add up the points that we got at this stage last season in the league and in Europe, it's less than it is this season, isn't it? We got, you know, what was it, 16 points in the Champions League, didn't we? Yep. So, you know, add that to the points we've got. I think you have to see it as an overall picture. I think the other thing is as well, as we've said many times, last season at Wyatt Lane was such an anomaly. You know, we didn't go unbeaten at home every single season. It didn't no, happen for... No, exactly, yeah. It was a long time previous that it happened before last season. So it's easy to, to chuckle that at, at the club. But I, I think we're doing all right. We're, we're, you know, we've got the next round of the Champions League to look forward to. We're still, you know, well in the hunt for the top four. That's always got to be the aim. You know, when you've got teams that go out and spend the amount of money that... Man, Man United and Man City do particularly in Chelsea you know it, it ends up being the money league and that Leicester season I know was a bit of a, a weird one but you're talking about you know we're, we're sort of I'd still probably say just above where we, where we should be really in terms of spend and all that kind of thing we've overachieved the last two years with Pochettino and this group of players let's, let's be honest and I, 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 I don't know I think if, if, if we are worse this season than we are we were last I'll still take it over it pretty 90% of all the seasons I've ever seen. <laughs> I agree, totally agree. Let's get some questions, guys, before we look ahead to Swansea to come on in the new year now. God, that's how quick it goes. Um, let's go round to... Let's actually stick with you, John. This is from Zoe Pearson again. Zoe, thank you for your questions. He says, how much of an influence can Lamella have on the rest of the season? Do you think his AD return has given Ericsson the form we've been seeing now in the recent games? I think it's definitely given Ali and Ericsson in particular a, a bit of a, a kick up the bum. I think we've seen that in, in the, the performances of those two in particular. They know now that they, they've got a bit of competition from a, a bloke who's, you know, he's, he's very talented. He can step off the bench and replace them when when, when called upon. I think it can't, help, it can't hurt, can it? I think the one thing we've seen since Lamella come back in particular is that every single game now, you look at the bench and go, that's strong. Just that one extra name compared to, you know, take take uh, 
someone like Nkudu or Walker Peters away from that bench and replace him with Lamella. You just see the name and you go, that looks all right, that bench. I'm happy with that. And I think it's made a big difference to us. And he's a good player. He's just, I just hope that he gets his fitness gives him the chance to have a, you know, a long run at being fit. And let's see what he can do. But, you know, it can't be a bad thing. It's definitely helped, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, my, my, my son picked up on it. Yeah, you know the game yesterday, and it was interesting during the, the half time, and they all come out the warm up. Um, Eric Lamella was was dressed, ready to go. You know, he came and warmed up. He had his shorts and his and his socks on. He had a tracksuit top on, of course, and a bib. Mm. But outside of that, everybody else was in you know long you know tracksuit bottoms, and 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 they they were. He was ready to go. He was, you right. know, okay. and, and, and he looked and he looked ready to go. You know, he would. He, it was like all I need to do if I get the call. All I need to do is take my, you know, take my tracksuit mm. top off, and yep. I'm on that pitch. And I think that, for me, spoke volumes about what Eric Lamella can bring to this football club. You know, he wants, he wants to come on. He wants to do well, and I think he will. End up pushing the others, and it's no. I don't. I don't think there's any, any sort of secret that that his return has perhaps coincided with a slight upturn in in in, in our fortune. Yeah, I agree with that completely. I mean, like I say, fingers crossed, Lamella. He can still have the impact we want him to have the rest of the season. You know, him. You know, back in form, and hopefully having Toby back and Wanyama now not far. It does bode very well in terms of the squad depth. Um, this is a question from Judders at Judd Lane. This is for you, Jace. We've had Lowe obviously on recently. He says, where should Potch be spending the player budget in Jan if you had to target a certain area? Well, I, for me, I suppose I would have said going into two or three weeks ago, I'd have said we definitely need to improve that central midfield area when when we were without Wanyama, Dyer having to play in the back uh, Dembele struggling for fitness Harry Winks hasn't quite been the same since and I thought that was the area we needed to solve because Lamella had started to come back but hopefully over the next few days you can't be that far from Wanyama being on the bench for a Premier League game and they may well be looking for him to I suppose that Wimbledon game wouldn't surprise you if he's involved in that one but um, I, I still think that central midfield area we've still got to face the fact that Dembele's struggling overall and we've still got to face the fact that that as much as I've defended Musa Sissoko, is he really the the top four player we want him to be? So mm. I'd be looking to do that area more than more than any of the other areas. And of course, we don't know yet what the the left back situation will be, whether one stays or not. But um, we suddenly don't. It's not quite the doesn't quite seem the panic to go out and spend sixty million pounds next week that there was you <laughs> know true. two weeks ago, doesn't no, it? That's, that's, that's the true. thing. Suddenly it looks mm. a little bit calmer and that's just what a few wins can do for you. But of course January will be a big test because we've got some big gains over those well even before Juve, haven't we? We you know, West Ham won't be easy despite what people all say and we'll all we'll all mimic West Ham and say, Oh, just their cup final or whatever but They've already won at Wembley this year. They showed that yesterday. They'll be ready for a fight. We know uh, they fought back against us at the, at the at the council tip, you know, at the start of the season. So, and with Man United and Liverpool and Arsenal on the horizon, we've got to get that squad really ready for the for the next what six weeks ahead. We have indeed. We have John. Let me bring it back round to you. Let's throw a couple more questions over to you guys. 
This is from Shrias Rao. It's Shrias Rao. Shrias, thanks for your question. He says, with just a one-day gap between the Swansea and West Ham games, do you think Lorente, Lamella, Foyth should be given the opportunity to start some games? All I would say about that is I think we're lucky that we've got a, we've got a clear week, haven't we, before Swansea. And then if those yeah. players can mm. give it, you know, full beans for two two games <laughs> in three days, then they can all have a rest, can't they, against Wimbledon? Yeah. So I think I don't think we'll see that much changing, to be honest. I think you know now with the the you know the way that the players uh, prepare for for games, you know they, they come in um, bursts like this all season long, don't they? I know it's a bit a bit weird having to play two and three, but I think mm. with all the, the the technology behind recovery and stuff like that, I can't see that you know can't see it being too much of an issue really. I think if we'd have had another game like say three days before Swansea, then you're pushing it a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, they're all finely tuned athletes who can, you know, you'd like to think they can cope with it. I mean, I know this kind of thing doesn't... I don't remember it happening for, well, not for a long time. I remember playing um, two games in two days when Jerry Francis was the manager. We played on one day and then played we played away somewhere and then played at home the following day. I don't think they would allow that to happen anymore. But, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a concern considering that the second of those two is West Ham and they would have had more rest, but... Hopefully the quality of the players, the Tottenham players, shines through and we'll, we'll be all right. And like I say, they, Foyth and Lorente and, and uh, the rest can have a game against Wimbledon instead, hopefully. Just on that, John, don't forget West Ham play the same day that we play Swansea. Oh, did they? Oh, they I got West Brom. Yeah, oh, they got right. West Brom. So uh, you know, so it, it's the same, same situation for them as it is for us. And you'd think Spurs at Swansea, in theory, shouldn't quite be as, as taxing as West Ham against West Brom that you know will be a, a physical battle as well. Oh, fair enough then. Yeah, well, that, that, that makes me a little bit more hopeful then, Jay. <laughs> I tell you what, Ian, let's finish up with you then. Um, question here, fixture pile-up. This is from Z-Man11215. He says, are the next 45 days the most crucial for the season? I think we'd say yes on that. Will, will the best 11 play or rotate? I guess one could say that every match from now until May is crucial. I'm sure, Ian, you're going to agree with that. Yeah, 100%. Mm. All, all of that. I think every game now that we play is crucial. I think the AFC Wimbledon game becomes crucial. Indeed, because, yes. You know, we, we, you know, we want to, you know, I'd hope we, we'd want to progress in that competition and I'd hope that we want to win the competition because, you know, we all, we, we'd all love to, to be there when, you know, when Hugo goes up to lift the FA Cup, wouldn't we? But, you know, I think that, you know, when it comes to, to, to rotation, I think it, it, it's inevitable that, 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 you know, the, the squad will have to rotate because if they don't, then that's when you start getting those niggly little injuries and, you know, and, and, and you know, you start realising how how perhaps thin, you know, you are in some uh, notable positions on the pitch. Agreed. Ian, let's stick with you then for Swansea. How are you seeing this one? Liam Britton there at the moment in temporary charge. Who knows if he'll still be in temporary charge when we get round to playing them. Sitting bottom of the league. Dr. Tottenham, Ian, they're not going to return, are they, for this one? Um, well, I, I, I blimmin' hope not, because it'll be a long journey home if, 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 if it does. We've but, had some tough away uh, games up there, Ian, in the past. We have, and we've played we well have, and we, got results, but always yeah, been a tough place that, for us. It really, it really has. And, mm. that, you know, and, and, you know, I think I said it earlier on, you know, you always have, you know, the, the, the goalkeepers will always tend to have their, their, their standout, you know, nine out of ten performance against us there 
you know, the, the, the defence of, of, of normally do a great job. I remember Ashley Williams being there for a few years and being in imperious form and, on, on occasions. Um, I just think that, you know, you know, you'd hope that we go there on the back of, of the last two league games um, and, you know, be be too strong for them. But, but they'll be well drilled. You know, we, we thought that, was it last year? Was it was it last year? That three one win. Yeah, and we were mm. we were one nil down. Three two, yeah, three two, yeah. Three one, I think it was three one. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. We so we were one nil down. Eighty six, eighty seven minutes. Crazy and, game. Yep. And and then and then we ended up scoring three. <laughs> you know, in 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 the next five or six. But you know, I, I think that 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 you know, Potch will take it seriously, and I, and I think that we'll have to go there and 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 just play our game. Um, and 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 hopefully, you know, we 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 do to them what what we did to Burnley away. So, agree. You know that that that, that mm. that's my hope. You know, but um, Potch won't take it lightly, of course, because you know that he, he seems to be a, a guy that will that will get the team ready for for for, for any game. But um, you know that you know we we have to go there and hope to to, to get a, a three points and and to keep that pressure on that full spot. Yeah, I mean, that's the most certain thing. We have to keep winning because the teams around us. Jace, how are you going to see it? It's going to be a tough one up there, isn't it? Despite the situation there surrounding the manager at the moment or managerless situation there at the moment. Well, having seen them play Liverpool yesterday, they were they were awful. And before then, they've got Watford away, which, mm. which won't be easy for them. I, you know what? I'd absolutely love an exact rerun of last year. I'd love to be sitting there on a, oh, I w- I don't after think I 89 would, I don't minutes. I don't think I would, Jason. With, no, 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 I, I would absolutely that. love, I would love a, an exact rerun of that game from last year because that was one of the most memorable games of 2017 for me when we, we all thought our title hopes were completely down the swanee, if you excuse the, yeah, the pun. And then and the way we came back to just, it was just a brilliant night. I can remember that night so well. So, that a rerun of that would would I would love, but I suppose the one thing we we got to think about with the the game with West Ham straight after it, hopefully we don't give Harry Kane a hat trick this time. Hopefully, if he gets two goals and we're at fifty five minutes and we're two up with him scoring twice, get him off the pitch. Make sure he's fully fresh for West Ham. Get Lorente a bit of game time. We know our our players score against their old clubs as well. So um, and use the squad really well. Let's let's get the game one nice and early so that changes can be made and we can keep a few fresh legs for that West Ham game. Agreed, totally agree. John, final thoughts for you. Looking ahead to Swansea, are you confident going into this one? Yeah, you got to be. Ain't you I think if you consider where they are in the league, they are really struggling. They're struggling for goals. Then they don't ever look like they're going to score at the minute, do they? I think the way they got taken apart by Liverpool, although Liverpool are capable of doing that, you know, they're just they're just. They're so open at the back that they don't, I don't see anything in Swansea to worry me at all. And I think, as Jay oh, said, God, there, John, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, the Swansea away last season was one of the best, best you know, five minutes maybe of the entire season. The way that it was one nil for so long. Mm. I think, yeah, we turn up there, you know, fully rested. I can't I, honestly, I can't see anything other than a, a comfortable Tottenham win on against Swansea there. Okay, John, give us your prediction then. I'm going, to, I'm going to say zero four. Zero four. Okay. There you go from John zero four. Ian. After everything we've just said, I'm going to say zero one Tottenham. Zero one. Oh, it's going to be a nervy one. Jace, over to you. What's it going to be? I'll go two 0 and then we'll we'll get into calm down mode and and just see the last thirty minutes out. 
quite dull the last 30 minutes. Just keep the ball, keep our legs fresh and, and make sure we're f- ready for West Ham. OK, there you go. It's a 2-0 win. Fantastic, 2-0 win. I'm going to join you, Jason. I'm going to go for 2-0 as well. Guys, all that leaves me to say now is have a wonderful new year. Healthy and happy one. We'll be back discussing the Swansea game after it. And as always, come on you Spurs. Kane, hat-trick chance. Yet another trouble for Kane. A record that really is remarkable in 2017. Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.